Drive it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,469. Today we're at a very special place, Revs Institute. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm back in Naples, Florida, and you know what that means. I'm at Revs Institute with a very special guest by the name of Scott George. Scott, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Mark, nice to be here. I'm ready. You're always ready with all the the cool automobiles that you get to enjoy and play with and take to events. Now, before I break the ice with an well, actually, I break the ice with this question, and then I'll give you a proper introduction. What's one little thing that people don't know about you, Scott? Well, yeah, I, I thought about this a little bit, and I, mean, I am thinking about this a little bit, but I think it's really that people know me for, for I, I like to play with cars, have played with cars, grew up around cars, but they don't know that I, I like to cook just as much. I'm as comfortable in the kitchen as I am uh, around an automobile, so nice. I uh, my little hobbies uh, uh, cooking in the kitchen. <laughs> is there a, is a type of cuisine that you tend to steer towards that you enjoy cooking? Well, I, uh, I probably, probably my best is, uh, soups and stews and, and then, uh, but I do a lot of the holiday, a lot of the holiday dinners as well. Nice. That's sort of. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll hang around for dinner then. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> sounds tasty, especially although we're in Florida. Although you guys have gotten a little, little cooler temperatures than normal. I've seen a little bit, but typically it's beautiful down here. So uh, a soup or a stew sounds pretty good. It's a little chilly where I live. Not terrible, but rainy. I'm in the Pacific Northwest, but I always say that's why our trees are green and very tall. They drink a lot. So <laughs> there you go. So let me give you a more proper introduction. Scott George is the executive vice president of CH Motor Cars and curator of collections for Revs Institute here in Naples, Florida. Widely regarded as one of the top automotive museums in the world, Revs Institute is dedicated to the study of the automobile and offers visitors an exceptional opportunity to view over 100 of the most influential automobiles of our time. Scott takes care of the automobiles, manages the in-house restoration workshop, and ensures the vehicles participate in international events. I've seen some of your cars at events. Spectacular. Scott is a member of the National Advisory Board for the Automotive Restoration Program at McPherson College in Kansas. Had a bunch of people from there on the show, including the, the dean. And he is on the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion Advisory Council, place I've raced. He is a member of the Collections Committee for the IMS Museum and judges regularly at the Pebble Beach Concord Elegance, in addition to other international Concord events, including including Chantilly, Arts and Elegance, Richard Mule in France. This guy gets around. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors, so give them a little love. Buckle up. We're in a very cool place today. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take charge of your financial future? Then let me introduce you to Capitalize Your Finances. It's an online course designed to empower you with the knowledge and tools for mastering your money. This course will help you lay out the ins and outs of budgeting, the importance of emergency funds, investing strategies, and how to plan for a secure retirement. All this presented by financial planner Chris Paniotu. Chris has developed this course to help you effectively navigate your world of finance, 
with confidence. Stop stressing about money and start taking control. Enroll in Capitalize Your Finance online course today and pave your way to financial success. To learn more, go to CapitalizePodcast.com slash courses or better yet, go to the Cars yeah website show notes page for today's show and click on the link under Capitalize Your Finances. You'll be glad you did. Do it today. Hey, guess what? Some of you regular listeners will remember back in 2019, I created uh, 10, 11 shows called Cars Yeah TV, where I went to some fabulous locations of past Cars Yeah guests and we did a TV show about it. Well, they're up on the Cars Yeah YouTube channel. So go check it out at YouTube. Just type in Cars Yeah and the shows will be there for you to enjoy. I hope you have fun watching. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, Scott, I'd love to talk more about revs and what you have going on. But before we do that... The question you must receive a lot is, how did you get here? Because you are in one of the most prestigious places, surrounded by the best of the best. And when you say you get to play with cars, you get to do a lot more, obviously. Oversee the restoration, the quality, the assurance of all of the parts of the cars that you have there and take them out and share them with the world, which is what's great about Revs. But how did you get here? Well, it's uh, I've been here now 35 years. I know, Mark. You, and, live, you uh, must so. live in the back there somewhere, <laughs> right? Yeah, I was. Uh, people will say to me, uh, "Well, uh, you know, they often say to me, how much do you pay to work here?' Because it's <laughs> such a great place to 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 be uh, to be surrounded by great great automobiles and collections." I worked in the car field. My father was a was a mechanic when I was young and did go kart racing and. And then ended up teaching in some vocational schools, and so did my grandfather. Uh, ended up teaching; or it was teaching in some automotive vocational schools. So I kind of grew up in a car family, and used to ride around on a on a go kart seat in the back of my my dad's. Uh, I think it was a Willys Jeepster, a Jeepster at the time, something, and and, and sort of go to the go kart races. So I. I always had an opportunity to play with tools and cars and carburetors and and things. On thankful to my father for giving me that uh, that opportunity. So I ended up going into the automotive space and uh, went to vocational school for a little while myself. And I'm going to, into the automotive space uh, at a Porsche Audi dealership and Alfa Romeo at the time um, in Swickley, Pennsylvania. And then had an opportunity there to, besides working on the day-to-day automobiles, had an opportunity to get into doing some sports car racing. Uh, we were doing SCCA racing. And so I got involved in, in that and became sort of became the, the engine builder and the car builder and the mechanic and the guy that would travel with the cars to the, to the races. And we ran a couple of cars out of the dealership. And that led to, uh, that led to some more historic, or it led to 24-hour and 12-hour sort of racings uh, coming up through the ranks a little bit in in the uh, uh, in sort of those uh, limited pro series that uh, that were running uh, back in the time. And then 
I had an opportunity to get an introduction to Mr. Collier through a mutual friend and, and said that uh, he was going to be doing some historic racing. Would I like to come up and help him crew? And he was working in the, in the Watkins Glen area. And I think they were going to be at Mid-Ohio and a, in a few areas up in the north. And I was in Pittsburgh then. So I had the chance to, I said, sure, I'll come out and crew. And, and I had a chance to meet Mr. Collier and Bruce Jennings at the time was still driving and working uh, with, with us or working with Mr. Collier and his cars. And I uh, had a chance to see this amazing, you know, uh, cadre of Porsches, uh, uh, the Spiders and 908s and 917s and 914 6GT and, and sort of fell in love with that aspect of things that were beyond my normal world. And that happened. I did that for uh, two or three weekends, one year. And, and then uh, the following year, I actually had a chance to, they invited me down to, to they, this, uh, the facility was opening up in Naples, Florida here. And they invited me to take a position here. And I actually turned them down in the beginning because I was kind of happy doing what I was doing. And long story short, uh, eight months later, nine months later, I suppose that my, my father had, uh, had been uh, terminal cancer and passed early at a young age. And, and so I got, a, but thankfully I got another call. I was, re- and, uh, and I got another call. They said, are you sure you don't want to come down here? We're really <laughs> looking for good people. And so I ended up coming to Naples, Florida and saw this beautiful museum that had just been built and opened and saw at that time we had 75 cars and I just sort of fell in love. And I said to myself, you know, what did I almost, uh, Almost Not. missed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost missed. So I've been here ever since, and uh, wow. it's been, been great. It's amazing. I mean, it, it's really a, a great story, and I'm so happy where you landed. Obviously, they love you there, and you love it there, so it's a, a match made in heaven, as they say. You know, I've always thought of, and I know you guys think of yourselves this way, Revs Institute is, a, is much more than a museum. It's a place where, as you guys say, you foster a new level of understanding of the automobile, not only in technology, but as its agent for social and economic change. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about some aspects of the museum and the facility, because as I introduced you, there's two entities here, CH Motor Cars, which is the car side, the restoration side, as I understand, and of course, curating the collection and how they blend together so nicely. But before we get into some of the new things that are happening at Revs Institute this year... I want to kind of start a little bit about what it is in your mind and in the the group's mind there, the team's mind there, of, of what is Revs Institute really all about? What are the missions? Well, uh, yeah, that's a that's a great question. I mean, the, the, the you know, I think our, our mission is we uh, in a short statement is to preserve the future of the past and the, or, or preserve the future of our automotive past. And and really, we do that through our extensive library collections and maintaining those and and acquiring collections that help to to tell the tell automotive history across the last century and more. We have twelve thousand square feet of library space here and another five thousand square feet of library space down the street. So we've got we've got a, a large library that we really uh, are really proud of and working to digitize and bring bring to life and share those we, those materials are available to the the public at large and we let people uh, researchers enthusiasts uh, scholars uh, you know uh, are allowed to come in and, and do research on premises but we also do research for people around the world uh, on a request basis and, but that led us to really you, you know even through our own work on our own collections here the Photographs are such a rich resource that for all of us, and and that we began number many years ago now acquiring uh, photo archives and collections, and and we felt that 
uh, because it was important for our own cars to really understand all the histories and things. And then we realized, well, th- there's a there needs to be a, a greater resource and a shared resource in this. So we created uh, what's known as the Revs Digital Library and. And now we've got over 700,000 of those images oh my gosh. up online and and they're free for viewing and, and people can uh, buy a, a copy and download and, and use it for their own purposes or for editorial purposes or even for commercial in some cases. So, But that has been a, a, a work in progress for, for over the last really uh, 12 years or so and, and really grown into that. And we've got another one and a half million or so images to digitize. So we uh, we've got a lot of work ahead of us there. You know, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was what you guys call the the Active Matter Lab or Active Matter Series. What is that? Well, yeah, so that that was that's really something new for us. It is the uh, you know active matter is a is a term Mr. Collier used in his book uh, the archaeological automobile, and and really that's not just a term that he he uh, he came up with. It's an archaeological uh, term often used. But we're considering active matter as uh, our automobiles are active in the world. We you know one of our one of our goals is to keep these automobiles out and running and and being seen and being you know, being heard and, and, and being experienced from the viewer's point of view and, and introducing them to new audiences, younger audiences, newer, uh, the next generations. But it also is something that's important for us because it keeps the cars running well and running pro- appropriately. We try to we try to use best museum practices. We develop a lot of methods and things in-house to try to make sure we're safely bringing cars back uh, back online to run and safely sort of doing all the post the post-mortem work, if you will, to put them before we put them back away. And so we, we're working really hard at that. But the active matter side of it is, is a series that we thought we'd create a series around. We started one with, with the Cunningham C5R, which was known as the Smiling Shark. And the idea on this is to create a, a series. The cars do go out and be used. And we thought well, rather than just show simple Instagram posts and says, let's, let's create something special where we can chronicle what goes into bringing the cars out, doing the maintenance, getting them prepared to go out, having them out on the track and combine that with some some historic materials and and some other, you know, some other images and imagery and and, and turn it into a short series uh, that people could hopefully fall in love with. And, and it also introduces them to our practices and our processes, but also some great automobiles along the way. The other side of that is, is that we thought we'd create an active matter lab here in the, in the museum and, and really create a space where we can devote, even though we have a workshop connected to us here that's about 12,000 square feet, we decided that we would place and build a, 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 a an active matter lab up in a mezzanine level off of our lobby that would allow us to create a place where we can actually do conservation work and some minor restoration work there and assembly work and right in front of interactive exhibits in front of our audiences. And we hope to capture that on uh, on some live stream and, and as well. But that's something that we want to do. We're always working on the automobiles in our shop. We're always using, uh, we're developing conservation methods and practices, working with conservators to help us with that. But one of the things, it's always back in the back. back. And obviously there's certain things that can't be done out uh, in public just due to maybe the nature of of a solvent or something like that. But we're going to work through that and we're going to do as much as we can uh, um, on display and, and looking forward to that. Very cool. I also want to talk about something that is somewhat new this year. Uh, Andre Van Beaver, I understand you met him, I think it was 2002 at Spa and his work. You learned about his work and now we get to see it at Revs Institute? 
Well, yes. I mean, we, we're, we're very fortunate that we've we get some new collections coming in still. And this is a uh, this is a photography collection. Andre Van Beaver was from Belgium. He was a, a photographer that I actually met through, was introduced through friends, and learned of his his collections there. And we ended up acquiring some images of our own cars that he had in his collection that that, that would have raced at Spa and places like in Le Mans and places that he would have been to in the day. And then I had an opportunity to go over to Spa in 2002 with John Lamb and Dan Gurney, and we took the uh, 1967 Eagle, the Grand Prix Eagle, over. Yeah. And they, we did a we did a uh, a video and a and a and an article for Road and Track at that time, and it was just an amazing, amazing experience. And and I met personally Andre at, at that event, and he was such a such a kind guy. And we and and Paul Ferrer was there, and we all it was just a great, great evening. Uh, we had dinner together, and it was just a, just a remarkable opportunity for me. And so years later, um, when Andre had passed, his widow, Nicole, and a, and a good family uh, friend, uh, Atienne Bergenon, uh, reached out to me and said, you know, Andre's work is available. Would you, Revs Institute be interested in it? We'd be honored if you would. And so we, uh, we had an opportunity to, to acquire it. And I went over to Belgium and saw, met with Nicole and Antienne, and, and it was an amazing uh, collection. So that collection has, has come in. We're getting ready to, uh, we're pr- going to uh, announce it uh, publicly here v- uh, very, very soon, um, putting out a, a release and, and also a short video piece on that as well. And then we'll digitize, be digitizing the images and put them on the Residential Library and, and create access to them. And we hope to be also create some traveling ex- exhibitions and, uh, with the prints uh, from the collection as well. Wow. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah. Spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. Andre was from really covered from the 19. 19- late 1940s era through the mid 1970s so it's really a, a rich part of uh, of automotive uh, racing and, oh, and hill, yeah. hill climbs and rallies as well ah, absolutely now, is there anything else happening in the future this year at least at revs institute that uh, we didn't touch on well, you know, besides we talked about the Active Matter Lab, and we and we're you know we'll be out participating in you know in events again. You know that we take that very uh, seriously here. We we had a, a, a sort of a remarkable, extra remarkable year for 2023, where we had the centenary of Le Mans and the 75th anniversary of Porsche and so on. And so we are cutting back a little bit, but we expect to be out with cars at all the major events uh, that we have. Uh, we'll be at definitely at Mon- Monterey and Pebble Beach. Back out again. We'll be creating some of our Active Matter video series, as I mentioned. That'll be our, our year ahead. We'll really be looking to sort of create some really memorable and, and great content from our opportunities with our cars out at events, as well as the Active Matter series that I was mentioning. Other than that, we'll be doing some small exhibitions here in-house. And, and as Lauren mentioned the other day in your program, uh, we've got this great uh, opportunity here now with the uh, Peterson Museum's uh, GT40 excuse me, Mark III, that is uh, really uh, uh, here and now sit, sitting alongside our Mark I GT40 mm-hmm. and a Mark IIb GT40. So you have the three GT40s together, and, and that runs through July. So that's created a great pedigree pony uh, exhibition there, short-term exhibition for us. Yeah, absolutely. I remind listeners, and we'll talk about this again at the end, you can go to the Revs Institute website, revsinstitute.org, I believe. is that. Do I have that right? Yes, name? yes. And correct. you mm-hmm. can get tickets in advance. Uh, please do plan in advance. And uh, you got you got to go. And this time of year is a good time to go to Florida, I'll tell you. Uh, it's a little chilly in the rest of the country, so... We're always envious of your guys' warmth. I wondered if you have what I call a driving inspiration 
someone that's been very influential in your world, in your life, somebody, maybe a mentor of some kind, but somebody that really helped you move through your career path? Well, yes. I mean, I honestly, having grown up in a car family, like I mentioned, and but I also got into the car world at a very young age because I, I had this training, if you will, growing up. I always had mentors. And so I always was the young guy in the room and in, in, the, in the shop or uh, at the track. One of the things that my, I think it was my, my father or really my grandfather taught me was, hey, hey, just, just, just pay attention, listen, uh, you know, and you'll learn, you'll also learn, you can also learn a lot more. So I've had great mentors throughout my career that have allowed me to really uh, sort of, uh, I think, grow at a very quick level beyond just learning on my own. But over the last 25 years or so, I, I, it's definitely been, you know, uh, Miles Collier and Mr. Collier's really had an opportunity to really, uh, uh, given me an opportunity to really grow within the organization here. And, and, uh, and yeah, he's been a very much a mentor in my life. I can't to thank him enough for the opportunities that I've had. And then we're surrounded by also such a great group of volunteers here. in Naples, Florida is a retirement area, among other. But we have an amazing group of uh, volunteers here from backgrounds of various backgrounds. And they're also mentors as well. They're so, so great to give help to give back and provide. But but I'm, but Mr. Collier is definitely my uh, my, my major mentor for the last 25 years. I can only imagine. I'll remind listeners that Mr. Collier was a guest on this show when he came out with his book, which we'll mention again a little bit later, but you already mentioned that. I was so fortunate to get to talk with him and have him share more about why he wrote that book and how he put it together. It must be a great person to be around, along with your your fantastic team. And again, if you missed my talk with Lauren Goodman, go back and listen to that. You know, I like to ask what I call the challenge question, Scott, and it's really not to drum up a really challenging time. It's really more about sharing with others that when we go through these things, we learn from them. And many times it's good to embrace those failures. I think it was the racer Nikki Lauda that said, I learn a lot more from races I lose than I win. Uh, yeah, most definitely. So is there one in particular that you went through when you look back down and you say, I'm kind of glad I had to deal with that? Well, I will say one in particular, I, I suppose, would be when I was growing up and, and working on the, my teams, I was I became an engine builder. And one of the things that taught you to have perseverance was uh, you thought everything was great until it wasn't. And when an engine engine blew up, <laughs> well it, uh, yeah. it, it, let, it let you down. But I'll, I'll say that there have been opportunities to me, for me, for failure that really it's the opportunities that I had during my career that it allowed me and how I reacted to failure is, is something that, that really is more important to me. I tried, I started thinking about this and thinking about what is one particular instance where it was a notable sort of fa failure, if you will, to learn yeah. from, but I had, uh, but, but things get you down. I mean, you, you, we've we've been in many races where you, back when when we were racing, not just for fun, where you'd get down to the last lap, to the last year you're in the lead, and something goes wrong, and you lose. And and after a 24 hour period or a 12 hour period or whatever it may be, you you just don't know how devastating that can be. But you gotta you gotta pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and start all over again. So I that earlier career prepared me for opportunities here. Yeah, you know, when we're doing restorations or you're doing, you're, you know, you're bringing cars back to life and, and you'll spend in some of the cars, we do a lot of preservation and, and conservation, as you know, but, but a restoration can take four to five years and it can. And when you get into the middle of these restorations and you find a major hiccup in the parts that, that were supposed to arrive were, were wrong or something was mis mismachined or, you know, the, the, the leather that was run through the, uh, 
the grain is is it didn't come out quite right and we've got to redo it but so i, I don't really have one failure for you mark but just to say <laughs> that a lot in this world well being involved in over 40 restorations over the last 35 years there's something coming up all the time and and you've got to be prepared for it you've got to react to it and you've got to move on and learn from it yeah oh my goodness that's for sure i, I think that world restoration world and then you had the racing world combined you've got the uh, the best of two worlds and the worst when it comes to opportunities for challenges. But I love your comment of if you learn how to react to it in a different way. And I've always said that when something happens to you, stop, take a breath and say, well, what did this just teach me? Versus, oh, woe is me, or the thing just blew up, or it went wrong. What did it teach me? What did I learn so that going forward, I can share that with others, but more importantly, not do that again, if it was your own fault. But oh my goodness, yeah, you live in the world of uh, opportune learning. I'll just put it that way. Learn something new every day. You do, for sure. You know, I ask this question of all my guests, and that is to share one special vehicle. And you have lived, my goodness, your whole life around special vehicles and the last 35 years around some of the most spectacular special vehicles when it comes to history. Is there one special vehicle story for you? And this could be a car you have or a car that you've worked on or been around or raced. Well, yeah, there, there, there is, and it may seem insignificant to some, but it's, a, it's very significant to me. And it's really a, a 1973 914, and it was my—I used to, to build racing 914s, and uh, we were pretty successful with those in my early days. And my father had a road-going 914, and, and after he passed, that came to me. And I've had the car down here now in, in Florida. I brought it out of Pennsylvania down here in Florida for over 30 years, and I've only driven it about three times. And so it was because I've just been busy, busy. with life and uh, everything else. So anyway, I've, I've restored the car and, and I brought it back. I've made it into sort of my own. I've done some, some modifications to it. So I'm, I've stiffened the chassis and we're doing a nice engine for it. It's a, to be a 2.6 liter and about, about, uh, four cylinders still, but 200, about 200 foot pounds of torque. And, and uh, uh, actually Jake Robbie is helping me with that, with that engine. Um, nice. It's a really special. So that's my that's my car. It's my father's car. I'm bringing it back to life. It wasn't uh, too bad to begin with, but I'm making it my own. And um, it's home in my garage right now, and it's painted, and the wiring harness is going back in it. So that's my <laughs> – I'm in the middle of a restoration. Yeah, a long one. Well, you know, this is great. You and Jeff Zwart, uh, when he was on the show, he's been on a couple of times, talks about his – 914 and you think of all the cars he's been around and has and that's the one he always goes back to and, and it really is that's why this question is great to the relationship the car has to somebody in your life almost more than the car in many many cases for everybody and that 914 we had a 72 a 2.0 actually i bought it to be my son's first car and i made the fatal mistake of not asking my wife if she thought that was a good idea <laughs> <laughs> and she walked out and went, are you crazy? Look at this thing. Some lady in an SUV is going to run right over the top of him. Uh, there's no airbags. You can hardly see the car. Anyway, uh, my son did get to drive it a bit, and uh, we ended up doing a little work and selling it and using that money towards a, a safer a 3 Series BMW with airbags and a newer car. But uh, those cars I love. And I'll tell you, when I was driving that one we had, we had it for about a year, you go into gas stations and many people, especially younger, would go, what is this? They just had never seen one before. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, I love them. They're, they're great to drive. And boy, that motor you're going to put in that thing, it's going to be killer. Yeah. No, I can't wait. I honestly can't wait. We've got a, we've got a lightweight 
VW Beetle here. It's a hot rod. It's another story for another day for you. But it's uh, it's got one of uh, it used to have a four cam uh, Elva Porsche engine in it, but oh. it which was which was very exotic. But I'll tell you what, um, we put a Jake Rowby a two point six liter in it, and it's uh, it's a rocket ship now, and so it's uh, it's a lot of fun to take out. So I can't wait to have one of the same. Yeah, you know, I think some of these engines these guys are doing, like John Wilhoyt, he built a Beck Spider that I ended up buying that had one of his modified. It was actually a fifty six Speedster engine that he modified. But he's doing that 2.2 liter now. He's putting in 356s and yeah. Rod Emery's hot rod cars. And uh, yeah, the the four-cylinder kind of 911-ish engines that are being built. You can do some fun stuff. So I, my, I've, changed my, I've changed my attitude on some of these. I used to be a purist. And now when it comes to some of these cars, when you drive them, you'll go, okay, I'm not going back <laughs> to that, that 75 horsepower car. No way. So yeah, uh, yeah, nice. Can't wait well, to I, see I, it. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I agree. There's a time to be a purist, and and for those of you that are purists, don't worry. This car had a little bit of blemishes, and so it had a, a a part of a life that that I I allowed me, I think, some leeway with that. But I know exactly what you mean. What's the color of that 914? Well, it it is a it's a modern Porsche color, and it is a, a, a I think it's called sapphire blue metallic, and oh, it's beautiful. A, it, it's a pretty, it's a 2018, 19 color, but it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty special color. Ah, awesome. Great. So here's a bit of a psychological study with you today, Scott. I, I play psychiatrist, if you will. Crawl into your head a little bit. If you were reincarnated as a vehicle, now this isn't what you want to be because that's way too easy. We all want to be, you know, F1 cars <laughs> or something sleek and sexy. Now you could feel that way about yourself. Nothing wrong with that. But if you were manifest as a car reincarnated, what would you be and why? Yeah, this is a very interesting question. You know, I, I went up and down and around on this good, and, 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 and I, uh, I'm going to go, I, I, this might be surprise everybody because it's well before my time, but, uh, I would be, a a, a, a type 35 Mercer race about. Ooh. So I, uh, yeah, we've got a 1912 here in the, in the collection and, and it's, uh, it, it's a, it's a pretty special car, but it's, uh, you know, they sort of, it's the, these are the cars that look like a, you know, a buckboard on rails, you know, but they have an amazing engine and, and really great handling for their day. And so bare minimum necessities, <laughs> great power, sometimes carrying way too much speed, but only rear brakes. So I don't, I don't slow down easily. It's hard to stop me sometimes. Um, <laughs> Relatively easy to hand crank and fire up, but sometimes kicks back if you don't respect it. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, but it's easy to keep going and maintain with, uh, simple tools and a little gas, a little oil and be ready to go. I, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I love experiencing, uh, and this is different than your question, but to experience early cars is mm -hmm. something to me that is so special. But so this, I put a lot of thought into this, but, uh, I, I, I think it's simple, fast, but it's, yeah, it's me. Well, see, that's why you've been there for 35 years. <laughs> Perfect match. You're in your element. So there you go. I think that's great. I got to spend a day on a tour during the Ironstone Concours in a 1911 Indy 500 race car. And you talk about buckboards, pumping the pump to keep the fuel pressure up as the gentleman who races the car was driving it. I'm thinking, I tell you, I mean, race car drivers are pretty, I raced vintage cars for a long time. I always felt pretty safe, although... One of my cars wasn't very safe. It was a 1960 Lotus Formula Junior in 18. But driving those things in a race, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, respect, yeah. respect. Yeah, respect Big for respect. sure. You know, I like to ask about how people like to give back. And I, I want to go back to Rev's Institute because that's what, to me, that's the basis of the mission of Rev's. Is that how you see it? 
Oh yes, absolutely. We're not doing. We're not in this for any other reason other than you know uh, providing you know preserving historic materials and automobiles to provide you know a resource to people going forward and and um, you know we we don't really need to take these out and share them, but it's part of our mission. And, and we want people to engage. We want to engage with people. We want to see them light up. We, we put young people in the seat. And what do you think? And try to nurture some of that next generation as, as we can. I mean, I uh, we have interns here in our workshop. We try to have interns every year. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But we try to because we want to, again, experience, have people experience that. But it's very much a part of what we do. We had actually had an intern come in from Brazil this last year. He wrote, wrote a really great letter and a young guy came in and, and was really just just wonderful to be with but he, he he's just but I we're trying to make sure we can reach as many people as we can through what we do at the Res Institute and, and that's part of the reason also why I'm still uh, involved with the McPherson Automotive uh, Restoration Program as well because I want to try to reach more people this next generation and, and bring them into our our fold here. McPherson's great. I've had uh, the dean and several other people on the show, including some students uh, who've talked about their experiences and so forth. So I love what they're doing there. Obviously, when we ask about great books, we got to mention Mr. Collier's book, and that's why he was on this <laughs> show, The Archaeological Automobile. I mean, it's just a spectacular but it, it belongs on every automotive enthusiast shelf. It really does. It's just incredible. Is there an, another book, though, that we can... Have you recommend maybe? Well, yes. I mean, I'm I'm staring at my my office full of books here <laughs> yeah, as well, and I'm I'm, I'm right next to about twenty seven thousand oh. volumes in the library <laughs> as well. But yeah, I, I thought about this, and uh, there's a couple that I, if you don't mind, and yes, I, go ahead. But sh uh, shop class is oh. Soulcraft. Yep. You know, <laughs> Matthew uh, Matthew Crawford's book. I mean, it just I I bought one for everybody in the shop. You know, bought a copy for everybody here, and and we buy them and give them out. You know, I think that's just great. Uh, you know, and, and and there's another book that uh, that I was introduced to years and years ago. Ago, but it was uh, called Restoring Museum Aircraft, and that was by Robert McKesh. He was the former conservator for the Smithsonian Air and Space. And it's just if you're in the car world and you you can you can resonate with the with the thought and the and the and what went into his the thinking. Of course, they didn't fly the museum aircraft, but the but the accuracy and the authenticity they put into their work was pretty uh, pretty special. And so uh, I, I love that book, and I've also bought those for friends and for the workshop as well. And then uh, real quickly. Uh, uh, Inside Track, the Phil Hill book. You can get the two volume or three volume, but we knew Phil very, very well. I knew Phil was very honored to to know him, and his images in there—they're just spectacular, just spectacular. I can't—I've uh, got a copy at home, and I just pull it out once in a while just to stare at the at the great photographs. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then because I'm a Porsche guy, last book is uh, really Excellence Was Expected by Carl Ludwigson. I mean, uh, that, if you're a Porsche guy, you, know, you got to have got to have that uh, volume in your your archive. Absolutely. Well, you you mentioned several uh, people there, the authors who have all been guests on the show. I got to meet Phil a long time ago when I was racing here at Pacific Northwest, and he was the he was the honored um, uh, racer. They always brought a famous racer to the show, and I got to actually sit across the table from him along with my eight-year-old son and have lunch. And wow. just a wonderful guy. My little brief interlude with him, you know, a half hour eating lunch, but I, I kept saying, man, I can't believe I'm, I'm here. And of course, I've had his son on the show as well. So uh, what right. wonderful, wonderful. Those are great books. Thanks for recommending those. So before I let you go today, we're going to go on the ultimate drive. I like to enable my guests here. I'm going to park anything in your driveway. You can take it anywhere. Now, in your case, 
it could be a race card too. So if you'd like a specific race car to take to a specific track in the world, I'll make that happen. Or you can take a car and invite someone, even somebody from the past that's no longer with us, which opens up a world of opportunities for what I call ultimate drive. So what does that look like for you? Boy, you know, I, I again, I thought about this a lot. I, I've been very fortunate, very, very fortunate that I've had a chance to work with some of the best drivers in the world and some are not with us anymore. And I won't mention, uh, there's so many names to mention, there's no yeah. sense getting started. But we've had we've had various guest drivers driving our cars at Goodwood for over 30 years and, and at, in Monterey and, and, and other places. So I've had this opportunity to be surrounded by greatness in that driver spec. But I really think that in this case, um, I would love to have my 914 done and and have it up in uh, the Blue Ridge Parkway someplace on the on this uh, the tail of the dragon area and love to have my father with me and and me me sort of driving and my father alongside me and uh, telling him about what I've been able to do those last 35 years. Wow, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, uh, spectacular. I love it. I love it when that that uh, question is answered that way. <laughs> it just means the world. Lost my dad almost seven years ago and he's the one that got me into cars. Uh, the first old car he bought was a 49 MGTC. And even though I was only five years old, I felt like a big kid sitting in that car because of how low those doors come down. You can actually put your elbow up on it if you're a little guy, uh, which makes it special. And those were cars that a lot of the famous people that you and I know about started racing. So, you know, right. there you go. Right. Yeah. Even I, yeah. the other day I had a, a guest on the show, Lee Raskin, who actually worked with Mr. Collier way, way back on a race, uh, in a race event, and he was talking about, um, he did, writes a, books, a lot of books about James Dean, and of course his speedster and his spider, and that his first race car was an MGTD, which I didn't know. Oh. There you go, got to start somewhere. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Could you leave us with some parting words of inspiration or wisdom before we part ways today? Well, you know, I... I I, I, what I what I often say to young people that how can they get into doing what I'm doing or how can they get involved in this in this world and I, I just say you know put your foot in the door and and sell yourself you know do the right thing always work hard listen and and, and be kind and and the doors will open for you I really do think that you know they did for me and and uh, I've seen it happen to others and so that's I'm, I'm a simple guy in that respect and then finally my my good friend uh, Rich Taylor always says uh, and and oh by the way never lift yeah so. <laughs> yeah yeah you know another guy that says that is Bruce Meyer so yeah never lift indeed best way to learn more about Revs Institute is the website correct that's correct. Yeah. RevsInstitute.org or the Revs Digital Library has its own website. And you can just Google Revs Digital Library. It'll pop right up uh, very easily. Um, and you can find us on uh, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook as well. Revs Institute uh, YouTube channel uh, will have more coming up uh, later this year. Listeners, if you are in Florida, you've got to make a trip over to Naples and see Revs Institute. My hat's off to everyone there and what you guys do there because it's just so much more than a museum. So, so nice to get to talk with you today. I want to do a shout out to our future friend, Cindy Meidel. She's the one that got Scott on the show. And I have to hand it to Cindy because I've been wanting to get Scott on the show for a long time. And she pulled that rabbit out of the hat. So thank you, Cindy, for doing that. Scott, thank you for taking a little break in a very busy and spectacular life that you've created for yourself and sharing with the Cars Yow listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Revs Institute. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. 
Carja is proud to support our veterans, which is why I've teamed up with our nonprofit partner, TechForce Foundation, through its Veterans at Work Military Transition Campaign. The tech shortage is very real, and our country needs skilled, qualified techs to keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. When so many vets build their skills in maintaining and servicing vehicles when deployed, TechForce helps transition those skills to jobs as professional technicians when they come home. Learn more about TechForce Foundation and its Veterans at Work Military Transition Fund at techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.